Tuesday night, April the 13th. I'm Donald Wayne. And somebody else is there, right? <laughs> Am I alone? <laughs> Hello. <laughs> okay. Well, hi, Donald I Wayne. I see you in the circle. <laughs> and the circle will be unbroken. I thought maybe you were offended because of the song that I was playing stuck in the middle with you. So I didn't no. know if you were taking it personally or not. Uh, sorry about that. I still had it on Bluetooth. And I was like, well, I'm, I'm right here. I'm talking into it. Um, <laughs> welcome, Corazon. Yes, welcome, everybody. It's... Tuesday night. Ah, and, yes. And the world is crazy. Is it not? I can just barely hear you. I don't know Hello? I don't know if it's my end or your end. <laughs> uh, it's not my end. Not your end? No. Hmm. Don't get me started. I'm not 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 hearing you, Major Tom. Not as as, as well as I usually do, but hey. Can you? Can you hear me now? <laughs> Can you hear me better this way? <laughs> All by myself. <laughs> uh, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if something's amiss over here on my end, because um, huh. I'll tell a little story in a minute about last night's uh, mini pod. It was an experience. Huh. Um. But that'll be coming up in a minute. So, uh, anything new for you today? I'm I'm kind of at a loss here for a second for some reason. Uh, no, nothing, nothing. Just you know, getting in the old grind today. Um, beautiful Atlanta weather. Oh, the heat index going up a little bit, but still wasn't bad. Yeah. I worked outside today on a job for a change, and uh, ah. I could tell a difference, but, you know, it was nice in the shade. Yeah. Uh, we're we're yeah. inching towards that. I mean, just another couple of weeks, and it'll be right. 95 degrees and 
torrential thunderstorms and just all kinds yeah. of interesting stuff in the south. So, yes, it is right around the corner. Hey, welcome, Sandras. Welcome, BP. Welcome, welcome. Welcome, 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 welcome. Welcome. <laughs> I, I kind of get stuck on that. It's almost like you can't stop. You know, you, you start doing that. I, I'll tell <laughs> you a quick little, quick little story. It's it's kind of funny. It's on me. You know, I, I, I do the mini pod on Monday nights and Friday nights and Saturday nights. Right. Last night, for some reason, I was having a problem. I, I couldn't get the I used some of the uh, pod music for the background. I was playing with that to see if that would add anything. And uh, so I went in about four or five minutes of the first attempt and there was nothing. I couldn't get one thing to play. So I said, OK, I'll stop and start over. I started again. The second time I <laughs> made a, a terrible blunder in, in my material. So I said, OK, I'm going to stop. I'll do it one more time. By this time, I was already aggravated. And, uh, you know, I don't do them live, right? Right. <laughs> well, if you don't click unlisted, it goes live. Well, so yeah. I, I go through the whole show. Because you know, I have two screens. I have Podbeam over on my left, and I, I normally can't see it unless I specifically look at it. Well, I've got all my notes and stuff in front of me on the screen that I look straight ahead. I go through the whole show. I get ready to turn it off. I turn over and look at the screen, and there's people in there. <laughs> so I, for, I forgot to do it unlisted, and it was live. Oh, that freaked you out. So, well, it, it did, and I just... I went ahead and and ended the show because I, I I had to get up at seven this morning. So ended the show and I looked in there and I had there was fourteen people that came through. Well, I had <laughs> like a thirty minute show and I have no idea who was in there uh, because I I quickly got out of it and and uh, so if there's anybody that comes in tonight that drifted in and thought I was going live last night, it was totally unintentional. I had no idea until the very last second and it was too late. Oh, I would have wow. at least spoken to anyone if I had realized it, but I'm going to, uh, I have, uh, a person that has their screens mounted over each other. So they're both in front of them and I'm going to get one of those, uh, stands so I can have both of my screens directly in front of me. Oh, nice. And maybe, maybe eliminate that problem again. But of course, I was so frustrated, I just forgot to click, you know, that it's unlisted so it wouldn't be live. And I'm just talking away. So <laughs> anybody that was listening last night, I wasn't ignoring you on purpose. I had no idea I was live. And sure, I apologize. I sure apologize. <laughs> I think I did that one other time when I first started doing them. I Donald Wayne is just so rude. He looked right at you, BP, and just said, pshaw, pshaw. Oh, hey, well, thanks, Jess. I had no idea there was anybody in there. Yeah, it, I'm it just was, kidding. He didn't it know. was a total surprise to me. Uh, and it wasn't intentional at all because I'm, I'm not ready to do those live. It's just easier for me to, because I can't do the screen and, and do, you know, respond to people and, and try to cut these things down to 30 minutes. So. It was interesting. 
I had a laugh about it after I, I got over the frustration of how did I do that? So wow. more reason wow. I need <laughs> I need uh James Marshall. James Marshall. I need an engineer. I mean, this is, it's an effort. It's a two person job. It's an effort. I I don't, I don't know how you do it on your own. Well, you know, we just, uh, over here at the hole, we just, uh, make sure that, uh, you know, it keeps it it comical. Yeah. (laughs) The hole. Okay. The whole uh, I had to fill a hole today. I, <laughs> oh, did you spackle it? Did you, Donald? I uh, know. That was actually dirt. <laughs> it was dirt. Oh, dirt. Yeah. Oh, Donald Wayne's burying things. Today. Yeah, I had to bury good. something today. We we didn't tell you he did that kind of work as well. No. So, uh, yeah, I'm 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 referred to as the cleanup guy. <laughs> <laughs> He's Mr. Wolf. <laughs> yeah, Mr. Wolf. There you go. <laughs> Yeah, I have, my help's not appreciated. Good luck handling this on your own. I have this uh, set of skills. <laughs> that's right. Uh, oh, pretty, pretty, oh my goodness, that's good. That's good yeah, stuff. well, I'll try to uh, <laughs> try not to do that again. I wouldn't have done it if I hadn't been uh, so frustrated having to start over three times. And I was actually trying to go to bed early last night so I could get up at seven this morning. Yeah. Um. See, I don't, you know, sleep. If I can find a way to eliminate it completely, I'm all for that. Uh, they it, probably have shots for that. It's such, a, it's such an inconvenience. I think they call that crack cocaine, Donald Wayne. I Ooh, no. I don't recommend it. Uh, no. They say it's whack. But How about uh, the Parmesan? Will that I, keep you up? Well, you can snort it, but I don't think it's going to keep you up, Donald Wayne. Does it make you speak Italian or anything? It's... Maybe, but that might be racist. I'm not sure, Donald Wayne. Oh, God. Don't might tell be me. politically incorrect. <laughs> are, are we going to upset any Italian Americans? I mean, we'll find out. And then we'll oh. have to dig another, I guess I have to dig another hole. Jeez. We don't need that in our lives. Um no, one one hole world. a month is about all I can <laughs> fill. <laughs> and moving on from that. Oh, boy. Hmm. Oh, getting hot in here. Yeah, so you're sweating. So I was um, actually, of course, I know you have the outline there, but actually I thought I would just piggyback with your first subject because um, I think that one's a little bit more important than the one I was going to do about Portland. Okay. Is that making sense to you? Yeah. So if go ahead and do what you were going to do with that. And I, I have, I have something pulled up here that, uh, I can Whoa. chime in. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I can chime okay. in, uh, in, in spots, but I, I've been rather up, you know, pissed off about that all the reporting uh, on that today. Yeah, well, let's just go ahead and delve into yeah. it, shall we, Donald Wayne? Um, what is it got that? Me good. What, did you what hear talking? It? I hear music. I did. I thought that was you. I, t- <laughs> I don't know. Okay. I, it's not me. I... T- <laughs> uh, hold on. Let me take my headphones off and look behind me. You're talking about <laughs> digging holes. <laughs> Well, okay, no, I'm good actually. Um, no one yet. 
Well, you know, my microphone will actually pick up sounds from outside if if I have a window open. Um, oh, well, you know, you could be the HOA out in your front yard again. Um, well, know. we have an end to the HOA now. We actually oh. are participating. So, oh, oh, boy. So <laughs> that'll, that, that'll shut them up. They'll leave That's us one alone. Way. One way to take care of it, just join in. Yeah, right. Um, and volunteer if you just, you know, and then they'll leave you alone because they don't want you to quit. That's right. Um, yes. Yes, Jess. <laughs> well, um, um, the story you're talking about came from the Washington Examiner. And I, the more I'm reading stories coming out of their neck of the woods, the more I'm liking the Washington Examiner uh, until they prove me otherwise. Um, this one's by Zachary Faria. Uh, that came out today saying that the Democrats mean it when they say they want to defund or abolish the police. And just that tagline alone was enough to get me good and pissed off. Of course. So um, it said with policing back in the spotlight after the shooting in Brooklyn Center, Minnesota, the socialist wing of the Democratic Party is reminding us once again when they say they want to defund or abolish the police Oh, they mean it. Um, U.S. Representative Rashida Tlaib, or, yeah, Tlaib. I think yeah. that's right. <laughs> okay. Um, of Michigan is the latest to confirm that fact. Policing in our country is inherently and intentionally racist, she said in a tweet. No more policing, incarceration, and militarization. It can't be reformed. Tlaib's comments make it clear what anti-police advocates want. In case it wasn't obvious when New York Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez said that defunding the police means defunding the police. Oh, well, okay. So you were literal. Or when the New York Times published an op-ed by activist Mariam Kaba titled, Yes, we mean literally abolish the police. Or when the Minneapolis City Council voted to abolish the police after pressure from activists. And I've got a, you know, a name that I would call them, but I won't use that language here on Tristalk. But but um, since they initially called for the, you know, canceling of the police, they also ended up begging them to come back or said, no, stay. I don't know that they ever left, but. Well, let's just call them a cowardly kitty. Let's they changed their way. mind. Um, yeah, exactly. Um, said you can add disarm the police to slogans as well. As Brooklyn Center Mayor Mike Elliott said, officers don't need to be armed during traffic stops. So just let everybody know that the officers won't be armed. That's great. The Brooklyn Center City Council has voted to hand command authority over to the city's police department to Elliot. Um, House Democrats and President Joe Biden have tried desperately to distance themselves from the movement, claiming that nobody is talking about defunding the police. That isn't true among their own ranks as Ocasio-Cortez and Tlaib show, but it is also clearly untrue when you look at Democrat-run cities across the country. It wasn't just Minneapolis uh, that voted to strip police of funding New York City, 
Los Angeles, Philadelphia, and several other cities run by Democrats slash their police budgets. Even Austin, Texas, sons of dogs, cut its police budget by one-third. Portland, Oregon, disbanded police units that investigate gun violence, only to see its major request, uh, its mayor request emergency funding to combat the rise in gun crime. Amid a surge in homicides fueled by gang violence, Los Angeles has shrunk its hardcore gang unit. Boy, that makes sense. While Democrats at the city level actually follow through on defunding the police, congressional Democrats want to make policing more difficult by mandating racial quotas and traffic stops and police interviews, which Biden supports. All the while, they complain that people are noticing just how far members of their party are going to please anti-police activists. Democrats running American cities have been defunding their police departments while Democrats in Washington, D.C. are more concerned with being tied to the slogan. Tlaib's comments serve to highlight the reality of the Democratic Party. It has capitulated to anti-police activists and it shows no sign of turning back. What a bunch of hooey. I want to know how Tlaib ever got elected. I'd like to know the voters in the district that elected her. What kind of mindset do they have that you would put that person in Congress? Well, they, they get exactly what they voted for. Or if they were just, you know... Clicking on the ticket, they're like, oh, okay, yeah, sure, whatever. Then, you know, you better do, you better take a look at who you're voting for, a real look, a look in their history, not just yeah. what they're posting on the ads when they're running for their campaign. You need to look back five, 10 years, or even right. in Joe Biden's case, even further <laughs> to see who <laughs> these people really are. Well, in Joe I Biden, mean, you have 40 years. Right, material to draw from, but, but you know, people don't do that, and that's that's what's got us in part of the pickle that we're in now. <coughs> Pardon me. So Was yeah, that all that article. That's all that article. Oh, that's okay. I, I thought there might be some more of that. <laughs> I, you know, I mean, I don't know how much we can talk about what happened up in uh, Minneapolis, the suburb, but uh, just some of the things that I heard today were just mind boggling. And some of the, the, you know, from the governor coming out on, was it Sunday? When did that happen on a Saturday? It was over the weekend. I think it was on a Saturday. Yeah. And then the governor comes out the next day and, and makes that idiotic statement. Um, I saw some mayor today and I don't think it's the mayor of, I don't think it's Minneapolis because um, it was a guy. And isn't that a woman mayor of Minneapolis? I, I uh, like Minneapolis, I, I believe so. I'm not 100% but this, sure. This guy, he was a mayor of some town up there in, in Minnesota. And he was saying, well, I, I, I think we're to the point that policemen really don't need, and I'm paraphrasing, policemen don't need to have weapons with them when they do traffic stops. <laughs> so, all right. So this guy obviously hadn't seen the video of the, uh, I guess that was a trooper that was shot and killed. Have you seen that? 
Yes, yeah. There's been there's been a rash of shootings over the last five days, it seems, or last week or so. Well, I'd heard tonight um, there's 97 policemen have died this year. That's three and a half months. Yeah. You know, and then you want to say, well, people, you know, policemen need, you know, they shouldn't have weapons on them when they approach people at traffic stops. That's one of the, especially at night, that's one of the most dangerous times for them. Other than uh, what do they say? Domestic disturbance calls. Those are uh, fairly uh, dangerous for police. <clears throat> domestic disturbances. Right. Right. But this guy doesn't want police to carry guns when they do traffic stops because that it just that's his solution to stop what happened uh last weekend but i mean it's there the news stories are just crazy it's is racism this racism that everywhere it was racism the moment it happened you know one uh somebody mentioned something yesterday that i thought was interesting because I had not really seen much on the story and uh, the person doing, I think it, it might've even, well, I won't say because I'm not sure said that, have you heard anybody mention that the police person that did the shooting was a woman? No. Did you no, know that I it was not. a woman? I officer? did not know. It was a woman no. officer. And of course she resigned today um, I think it was yeah today and, uh, the police chief resigned today and, um, <clears throat> the city manager, uh, I don't know if you saw that story, but he was being asked about, I think this was yesterday. He was being asked about, you know, how this is going to go down. And, and he said, um, what, I'll see if I have his quote here. Anyway, he was all he said was, you know, the officer will deserves the due process. In other words, we have we don't have all the details yet, but the officer deserves due process and right. shouldn't be fired before an investigation. Well, they fired right. the city manager. Yeah. They fired him for saying that. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, um, well, they're, look, they're scared to death. They're scared to death of the rioting. And the repercussions, if they, you know, make a misstep, <clears throat> you know, I, I watched part of that interview with um, the mayor um, talking about, you know, they were saying uh, why um, for the resignation. And I'm like, well, uh, hopefully everybody's seeing that, you know, we're doing, we're doing the right thing. And then he was talking about um, getting, uh, implementing you know, training or whatnot and different processes that they were going to do. It seems like, you know, and the problem it seems is that there's always, it's always reactionary. You know, people have not seen that this is an issue last year and are, and gone ahead and implemented um, programs within their force to take care of this. If, if there's an issue in there, and really, all of them should probably go through that training anyway. But can they go through the training if they've been defunded? <laughs> Who the hell is going to pay for it now if they're stripping their budgets to take care of something like that? So it's very contradictory. 
Well, you, but, wanted, you want the police force to be better, but you want to defund them so they can't implement these programs um, to actually teach people the appropriate manner in which they should should handle some of these altercations. Well, this officer that shot him, um, <clears throat> she, I believe they said she was a 26-year veteran or 23-year veteran of the police force. So it's not like that she was a rookie, but right. I, I, you know, have you seen the video? I have. Yeah. I, I don't, you know, I've never held a taser, so I don't know if they're, uh, I mean, if they feel anything like a, a, a regular gun, you know, if they don't, I don't know how she made, made a mistake and grabbed the wrong thing. But if you listen to the video, it, it really is, it seems very convincing that she did not realize that that's what she had done because she kept talking about tasing, tasing. Well, you may, you may have to, you know, and, and people, I'm not saying that it's right, wrong, or indifferent, but people are only human. These are not superhuman individuals that are going out and, and, and defending citizens. They are fallible just like anybody else. And could she have gone, something happened that day that would cause her to, to have a lapse of like, well, I keep my taser on my right side and my gun on my left or vice versa. I'm not saying that's an excuse. No. I'm just saying that you have to go through due process. The person has to be looked at. Was there something going on? Was she off in, in, well, in the head a little bit that day? Who knows what was going on? I mean, they were struggling with him. I, I don't know how many officers were in the doorway of the car, but there was more than she wasn't alone and they were wrestling with this guy who had gotten back in the car and was behind the wheel. But, um, and, and I get that just stuck. And I, and look, I'm not, I think it's, I think it's horrible what happened to this young guy, you know, to this kid. Um, but there's three sides to every story is, you know, due process investigation has to happen and it can't, continue to be that we automatically okay well you know um someone uh, of a different of another color was shot by a white officer it's time to go start burning shit down and looting stores and destroying property you know it's that's not the way it should happen protest peacefully let the 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 judicial system work and if it doesn't work then then we have to take a real look at that, and we've got to make it work. But violence is never the answer. Uh, yeah, it definitely should be investigated. I believe, I'm with you, Jess Doug. It was horrible. He obviously didn't have a weapon, so there was no reason that he should have got shot. Tased, yeah, so to be subdued so he could be cuffed. Well, he had uh, gotten behind the wheel, and he was, going, he was trying to drive away because they had a – they had some outstanding warrants on him, and I, I guess he knew that. Uh, they reported tonight that those outstanding warrants were gun charges, uh, but they didn't elaborate. So, uh, but they're they're saying everything from you know they wouldn't have stopped a white guy because the tag is is expired. Um, I got stopped in Marietta one time, and I thought they were going to frisk me when they pulled me out of the car because my that was oh, when I moved here back here from Alabama. 
and I was driving around a little bit longer than I should have with an Alabama tag. And Marietta cop stopped me and said, well, your tags expired. And then went into, Oh, you're living in Georgia now. Well, how long have you been here? So, but he had me out of the car up against the back. Like I had, you know, have you got a warrant out for me or something? But, Oh, he just like frisking people around here. And he was he was rather ugly too. Only only cop I've ever run into that I really. Oh, what, like like ugly looking? Well, no, I mean, if he I mean, been... you know, he's a fair looking guy. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, as, as as guys go. But uh, yeah, that's there's going to be a lot more about that. It's just, yeah. it's just. It immediately, it immediately, everybody jumps on there. And it's, you know, the only reason this happened is because this young kid was black. Right. And I, th- and we, I, we I know I, that's not, we know that's not true. No. Um, but it's just odd that they haven't made an, an issue out of this being a woman police officer. That's probably the first time I, I remember. Not that that matters anything as far as how things transpired. But they're so blatantly not reporting it that it just you know makes you wonder why. But going into the other thing, I was looking at some of the the riot stuff that's going on tonight, and there's they're showing these scenes, and there's all these people milling around just like they did last year, and there's some people shooting rockets off. There's people in the crowd laughing. There's people in the crowd. Uh, it's like they've gone to a party. And of course they're breaking in, you know, here they are, they're robbing dollar general again. I don't really know what they expect to get out of dollar general, but well, not going to get much. Um, but, but they're looting stores. I mean, right. because somebody is killed, that gives you, I mean, it's almost like that's an immediate signal that, that certain groups of people are going to go in and start looting. Yeah, like that know. makes a difference in what happened. That doesn't solve what happened. That doesn't fix the problem, uh, the policing issue or, or all of these uh, shootings. I mean, there was, you know, I, I liked something that uh, Sean Hannity was suggesting tonight. He's got this, we are, I don't think we talked about this. It's a, a weapon <laughs> where you can load, um, <laughs> It uses CO2 cartridges and it fires non-lethal. It's almost looks like uh, paintballs, uh, oh. but they have tear gas in them. And then I think that he said that it has some mace or something as well. So uh, you can hit somebody and disable them with these things without killing them. And um, I mean, it really seems like something that the, you know, police instead. I mean, the bad thing about tasers, and of course, there's a lot of police officers that that stand up for the taser, and so they love them. But you know, there's some. I mean, you have to be accurate. Or what if they have on several layers of clothing? You know, I mean, I don't know how they. I mean, I know if I was shooting a taser at somebody, I'd probably hit everything but the person. But uh, right. these these uh, pellets of tear gas and. Uh, mace or whatever else they put in there with it will stop somebody for several minutes and, and, you know, without killing them. And maybe that's what they need. They need an alternative to having to shoot somebody, uh, you know, and something a little bit more effective than the taser seems to be sometimes. 
I mean, how many videos have you seen of police officers chasing somebody shooting a taser and it doesn't really stop them or they miss? Yeah, it's um but this looting crap, this this using these these things as a reason to steal doesn't float. And no. if, and and I think the uh mayor of of that community said that the police aren't allowed to use tear gas and and uh, uh, I guess tasers. They're not allowed to use any non-lethal stuff on these people. They're just going to let them go, let them do what they do. Yeah. But I heard an interesting comment by Leo Terrell. You know, and I've you know how much I like Leo Terrell since he he became a woke and. Um, and left the Democrat party, but he's, I think he makes a good point. A lot of these politicians, a lot of these people that are pushing the violence and pushing the racism every stinking day, there's something, no matter what goes on in this country, it's because of racism. And, you know, we're seeing something elevated to a point that, I mean, there's there's not going to be any coming back from that. Right. They're pushing people to a point where um, you're you're going to have you're going to have more violence because of the rhetoric in this country. And there's a lot of people that are um, they stand to do real well because we're upset because they keep people at each other's throats in this country. It goes right along with the socialism stuff that. Uh, we heard about all last year. In fact, I've been reading, uh, trying to read some of this critical race theory stuff that I'm going to talk about on a mini pod. And um, it's just mind boggling what this critical race theory that they're putting into the schools for our, uh, you know, kids in elementary school, trying to teach them this crap before, you know, and just bring them up on that. And hate America. America's bad. America's racist. America's uh, teachers always been in the in the news a lot lately. Uh, who's that? I said the teachers have been in the news a lot lately. Oh, they have. <clears throat> they have. Have you seen the video of the teacher that <laughs> was talking to her students and uh, <laughs> oh yeah, and said if if your parents have a problem, just come on down or come come see me or something i mean she was yeah, challenging tell, tell your mama to bring her ass on down to the school and let's sort it out oh really okay i actually have that hey crimson oh you do yes oh, awesome uh, let so, me so, so, let's get good and pissed off let me yeah <laughs> let me see if i can uh if i've got that here where i can uh <laughs> oh what's that a picture of oh okay oh my yeah uh, all right, let me get this keyed up here. It's not very long. If I can get it to play. <laughs> well, uh, Dennis Lee, you may have to chat for a second. Lonely is the night. That's not a chat. Oh, okay. Um, it says Tinder. <laughs> well, how about uh, how about those Braves? Yeah, 
<laughs> Something else to get pissed off about. <laughs> Keep singing, he says. I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I don't have my lip whistle here. Well, maybe I got a clacker. I have no idea. I must have messed that up. Well, that doesn't surprise me. Where's my canastas? That that was it. So did you hear it? <laughs> oh, was that it? Uh, yeah. Actually, would you like me to bring that up for you, Donald Wayne? Yeah. Why don't you do that? And I'm gonna throw this thing out the window. At yeah, just... um, okay. Because uh, I don't know if that's in the budget. Um, because. It almost made me wish I, I lived in California and had a kid in school because I'd love to go up there and talk to her. Okay, here we go. Uh, reading since. Yeah, here we go. Let's uh, get everybody good and PO'd. In an ever-changing world, oh, yeah. Vistaprint. Yeah. <laughs> Is that her? She does commercials, too. All right, here we go. <laughs> California high school teacher was caught on camera berating students for their parents' collective push to end remote learning and return children to their classrooms full-time. In a video shared on Facebook, San Marcos high school teacher Alyssa Pirro can be heard raising her voice at several seniors during a virtual lesson over Zoom. Pirro, who teaches English, appears to be referencing an ongoing lawsuit launched by a coalition of parents against Governor Gavin Newsom and six North Country school districts seeking eased COVID restrictions and an accelerated return to physical classrooms, though local unions say doing so would constitute judicial overreach. The video was reportedly filmed by a family member of a student in attendance and was shared to a private Facebook group aimed at reopening schools in the district. After over a year of remote learning, the district recently agreed to a hybrid model which allows students to attend in-person learning two days a week. The local union reportedly voted to keep the hybrid model for the duration of the school year, outraging parents and students anxious to return to in-person instruction. In another video shared on the platform, Piro can be heard aggressively yelling at a student inquiring about a white student union. You don't need a white student union, Jake. You get everything, the teacher retorts. A mother of a student in Piro's class told that she brought the videos to the attention of the school principal Adam Dawson several weeks ago. Dawson agreed that Piro's behavior was inexcusable and vowed to address it, but failed to follow up. A different mother posted that Piro had previously taught her daughter at a high-tech elementary school, but that she was eventually fired and appears to have gone downhill since then. themselves out. The haters did. They are forced to bring awareness to the situation that they are in because other people put them in that situation. My question is, in this case, where is the uh, white student union? Because, because we, we need all the... You don't need qualities. a white student union, Jake. Oh. You get everything. If your parent wants to talk to me about their profession and their opinion on their profession, I would love to hear that. I know very little about anything else in the world other than education, okay? However, if your parent wants to come talk to me about how I'm not doing a good enough job in distance learning based on what you need as an individual, just dare them to come at me. Because I am so sick to my stomach 
of parents trying to tell educators how to do their job. I have never once gone to a doctor's appointment and tried to tell my medical health provider how to treat me. You know why? Because I know nothing about that. I didn't get my degree in medicine. I am going off. I'm sorry. This is my go-off period. Well, tell you what, you can gone off for the last time. Yell at my kid like that. I'll be down there stomping a hole in your ass. I mean, you don't get a go off period when you're trying you're supposed to be teaching students. Yeah, well, you know, that's what public education gets you right there. So I mean, not not all teachers are like that. No. My goodness. I've um, I've known a number of teachers here uh in in this county, and it's one of the reasons we moved here years ago because of the schools out here, but these, these, and, and I know that there's got to be good teachers in California too, but why we never hear from them. We always hear from these nut jobs like this, this woman who obviously just, and then she goes off on that, that kid because of his question. I, yeah. I just, you know, parents ought to be knocking on her door. <laughs> Which, you know, the, the question was, he was, the question was meant to provoke, uh, I think, a little bit. But still, she could have reacted in a more professional manner. Um, you know, and she has to take her emotions on how she feels about it out of the picture. But I think you know, more and more in um, government education and in college, the um, teachers, um, are letting what they fully believe get uh, bled into the curriculum um, more and more as we move along. So, well, of course, what her her response to that kid tells you exactly where she stands. Tells you, you know, pretty much you know, her belief system. And uh, I, I wouldn't want her teaching my child. Yeah, I mean, she might as well have just stuck her thumb out and put the fingers in her ears and does the nanny nanny boo boo thing, you know, and just, uh, I mean, she was acting like a child. Uh, hey, Kristen. <laughs> That's um, but, you know, um, talking about insanity, you, do, you know that the uh, Pentagon has developed a chip to detect COVID 19? And I don't mean like a chip that you eat. Yes, I, um, I kind of figured that it would be something. Uh, well, I'm just letting people in our audience, they may, <clears throat> you know, Is people it, are very literal. Do you have to <laughs> inject it in yourself? Well, it says the uh, Pentagon researchers, and this is an article from the Washington Examiner again um, by Michael Lee. Pentagon researchers developed a microchip that can be inserted under the skin to detect COVID-19 infection before a person begins showing symptoms. But who's going to sign up for that? Right, just exactly. Um, <laughs> it's a sensor that Dr. Matt Hepburn, I don't know if he's related, an infectious disease physician and retired Army colonel, um, said that tiny green thing in there, you put it underneath your skin, and what that tells you is that there are chemical reactions going on inside the body, and that signal means you're going to have symptoms tomorrow. Um, so, I mean, the technology was de developed by the Defense Advanced Research Projects Agen Agency, 
Uh, see this D A R P or DARPA, <clears throat> a top secret unit launched. Well, they're not so secret now, are they? No. Launched during the Cold War era that studies emerging technologies and how they can be applied for use in the military. Um, Hepburn said that the microchip has only been used inside the Defense Department and can detect a COVID-19 infection before an individual has a potential to spread the disease to other service members. Uh, We challenged the research community to come up with solutions that may sound like science fiction, Hepburn said. Hepburn likened the microchip to a check engine light on a car, alerting the user of a positive COVID-19 infection and directing him or her to take a test to confirm the result. Um, so, yeah, I mean, who's going to sign up for that? Um, it probably can track you, too. <clears throat> yeah, well, I'm sure it can. Well, I'm sure they're already tracking us anyway. Oh, yeah, our <laughs> phones. That's right. Um, we can have that information in three to five minutes, Hepburn said. As you truncate that time, as you diagnose and treat, what you do is you stop the infection in its tracks. DARPA scientists believe the technology will be critical to stopping outbreaks among service members who often are forced to be in tight quarters together for long periods of time. Another DARPA scientist, Dr. James Crow, said the unit eventually hopes to wade into vaccine development, saying it could start from a blood sample from a survivor um, and be giving you an injection of the cure within the 60 days for us at DARPA. If the experts are laughing at you and saying it's impossible, you're in the right space. Hepburn said, um, <clears throat> you know, and then there's, there was uh, alarming um, news that came out today that um, there's been what a series of about six women or so. And I know that's low in comparison to the total, but that the Johnson and Johnson, um, vaccine got halted because of the blood clotting issues. I did hear that and, one woman and, died. Yeah. And for somebody who already has blood clotting issues, <laughs> you don't freaking want it. <laughs> so, well, you haven't gotten um, a shot yet or did you get your shot? I did, but I got the, uh, Moderna. Right. So the two shot thing. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. got my other one coming up, uh, uh, in May, I think on, Taco Tuesday or something. I don't know. So Taco Tuesday. <clears throat> Cinco de Mayo or whatever. Um, six, yeah, right, Crimson. Six cases in 6.8 million. I mean, um, you know, but the, the threat is there. So, again, but they've been saying all along, if you've got, um, you know, if you even if you get COVID, if you're susceptible to clotting, um, you're in a higher risk. So... I mean, there's going to be things that come out with the vaccine over a period of time because we had to come, um, you know, bring it out to the population so quick. So, well, did you hear the story? I think it was yesterday that came out that uh, there was another million something batches of the vaccine that had to be destroyed because uh, they <clears throat> had improperly mixed. Um. So, and that's the ones they catch. That's, that's a little concerning. <laughs> right. I mean, look, at the end of the day, you know, if I was in my twenties or something, I'd probably be like, eh, you know, I, I don't know. I'm, I might just pass, but you know, I'm 
in my fifties now or 50, I'm like, you know, halfway through what's the vaccine going to hurt? I mean, they're already tracking me anyway. You know, um, there's all kinds of theories out there. If it happens, it happens, you know? So, um, Go to Taco Bell. <laughs> but, Ring you know, yeah, it's, uh, it's, you know, we'll have a lot of things come out, I'm sure, about the vaccine over time, just because we had to rush it out to the public so fast. But there was a risk outweigh, you know, was the, the, the cure or the reward outweigh the risk. So, right. I don't know who's, who's to be the judge on that. Well, it's been almost a month since I got my second one, so I'm keeping my fingers crossed. <clears throat> yeah, I haven't grown a new appendage or um, <laughs> experienced any, you know, um, extra human, you know, some superhuman capabilities you know, that I was hoping for. Or had so any we'll, weird dreams? Uh, well, I always have weird dreams, so that doesn't <laughs> matter much. But That's I'm hoping nothing. the second round will uh, prove to, you know, uh, give me a heightened sense of something. So, oh, I'm sure it will. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure it will. <laughs> All right. So, do you have a this day in history for us? Well, oh, I'm glad you asked, Donald Wayne. There's always a day in history, and this day is no different. Um, so, on uh, April 13th, 1941, Japan and USSR signed a non-aggression pact. Uh, during World War II, representatives from the Soviet Union and Japan signed a five-year neutrality agreement. Although traditional enemies, the non-aggression pact allowed both nations to free up large numbers of troops occupying disputed territory in Manchuria and Outer Mongolia to be used for more pressing purposes. The Soviet-Japanese pact came nearly two years after the Soviet Union signed a similar agreement with Nazi Germany dividing much of Eastern Europe between the two countries. The Molotov-Ribbentrop non-aggression pact allowed Nazi leader Adolf Hitler to move German forces to the West for his major offensives of 1939 to 1941 and bought Soviet leader Joseph Stalin time to prepare the empire for what he saw as its inevitable involvement in World War II. However, on June 22, 1941, just two months after Soviet-Japanese non-aggression pact was signed, Hitler launched Operation Barbarossa. Sounds like a movie. Barbarossa? Yeah. That was Barbarella. Oh, Barbarella. Well, see, it was yeah. close. Maybe that was her sister. The German invasion of the <laughs> USSR. Stalin was caught by surprise, and the German uh, Wehrmacht penetrated deep into the Soviet Union killing millions of Russians and reaching to the outskirts of Moscow before Red Army was able to begin a successful counteroffensive. Although Japanese offensives into the eastern USSR during this time might have resulted in defeat of the Soviet Union, Japan was forced <laughs> to concentrate all its resources in resistance um, against the massive U.S. counteroffensive in the Pacific underway by fall of 1942 <laughs> during the yalta conference the um, who the yalta conference oh. not to <laughs> be confused with the uh yalta, yalta? movement down here in the south 
in early 1945, Joseph Stalin, at the urging of the U.S. President Franklin Delano Roosevelt, agreed to declare war against Japan within three months of Germany's defeat. Um, on August 8, 1945, true to Stalin's promise, the Soviet Union declared war against Japan, and the next day, the Red Army invaded Manchuria. The same day, the United States dropped its second atomic bomb on Japan, devastating Nagasaki, as it had Hiroshima three days late earlier. Uh, faced with the choice of destruction or surrender, Japan chose the latter. Or the, the latter. Uh, yeah, not the latter, but the latter. The latter. No, the latter. You know, the other one. So on August 15th, one week after the Soviet declaration of war, Emperor Hirohito announced the Japanese surrender on national radio, urging the Japanese people to endure the unendurable. And that was this day in history, April 13th, 1941. Did you see the movie Manchurian Candidate? I did. I don't, I don't think it had anything to do with, with well, this. You, you mentioned Manchuria. I just uh, inquiring minds. Well, yeah, made me think yes. about that. And Barbarella, yeah, Barbara, um, Barbarella. Golly, <laughs> I mean, if you ever, <laughs> I mean, I think Jane Fonda did all right in, on Golden Pond. If anybody ever saw that, but Barbarella was, I don't know, it's almost. Equivalent to um, Schwarzenegger in what, what was that? Uh, Conan the Barbarian. Oh, stuff? it was a Conan. Yeah, Conan yeah. the Barbarian. Con Conan? I thought it was Conan. Conan? Uh, Conads? Like, I don't know. Like, the, like <laughs> the talk show? <laughs> Conads. <laughs> you just make stuff up, don't you? <laughs> I do. I do that sometimes. <laughs> okay, well, are the boys at your house tonight? Yeah, let me let me wake them up. They've had a hard day here. Let's uh, come on, boys. It's time to do your work here. What? No, don't talk to me like that. I love, I love, I love my calendar girl. Oh, sweet calendar girl. Down the aisle. Okay, for these are for tomorrow. It's not midnight yet, so it's still tomorrow, April the 14th, National Calendar Days. Tomorrow is National Dolphin Day for people who like dolphins. Mm. And not, not the Miami football team either. Uh, recognizes the social and intelligent mammals of the water. <laughs> Did you know dolphins are cetacean mammals? I'm sorry. What'd you call me, Donald? Cetacean mammals. It just um, means they're related to whales and porpoise. Porpoise. Porpoises. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> this is a family show, Donald Wayne. Uh, <laughs> <We're>, uh, <laughs> they're related to Popeye. Uh, I didn't know they range from uh, four feet to thirty feet long. I'd, I've never seen a thirty-foot dolphin. 
Um, do you know big. that they get rather amorous around humans as well, that you have to be careful? Well, I don't have that in here. I mean, um, I've never well, experienced that. It's a, it's a sidebar. And, you know, yeah, is that drag, one of your sites you've been looking at? They will drag you down to their lair. Um, um, so you have to be careful of that. Um, hmm. Okay. Well, yeah. uh, especially the 30 it, foot ones, I would be worried about. Uh, here's here's a here's a day that I, we could have gone without. It's National X or tomorrow is National X Spouse Day. Oh my goodness! So, well, BP <laughs> encourages those of you who have dissolved a marriage to forgive their former spouse and move beyond uh, any anger or bitterness that may remain. Uh, okay. Well, I mean, uh, so so. Uh, uh, Put that on your agenda for tomorrow. Yeah, you well, have anybody I, just, you can I wrote to it that. down and I threw it away. How about that? <laughs> Recent statistics show that the divorce rate for first marriages is at 50%. So, okay, well, you know, maybe you should just get married and then go ahead and get it annulled right away and then just move on to uh, the second one. Get that. I mean, out of what the are way. you doing? We just got married. <laughs> I'm saving you all the heartache. Yeah, baby. but we got a 50 50 chance of making it, sweetheart. I mean, so, um, <laughs> it goes on to say some people find that they get along better after a divorce than they did during the marriage. Well, that's because they don't have to live together anymore. Yeah. They just so, visit, you know, a couple times a week. So, yeah. yeah. Um, all right. Today is also national farden, fardening guard. Farfadugan? No, no, it's today's <laughs> fardening day. It's gardening day. Oh, fardening. Oh, is that what they call it in like Sweden or something? Fardening? Yeah, farfadugan um, or something fardening. like that. Oh, farding day. I, well, I don't know if there's there actually a day for that. That'd be weird. Uh, and this is a day that encourages gardeners and would-be gardeners to pick up a shovel and some seeds and and plant something. Well, I usually use a hoe, but, um, you know, anything well, works. Takes his own. Uh, today is also, or, let's see, is it midnight yet? Uh, tomorrow is National Pan-American Day. And that's a day that commemorates the first international conference of American states, which actually occurred on in uh, April 14th, 1890. Oh, well, that's um, a little, and that was uh, the secretary of state back at that time thought it'd be a great idea to get all of the uh, countries together from the Western hemisphere. And uh, obviously it didn't do too well because, because there's still, there not a lot has happened with that since. Um, but that first conference was held in uh, Washington, D.C., and they talked hmm. about currency and banking and military and trade. Hmm. But they obviously didn't talk about uh, immigration. Okay, National Pecan Day or Pecan, oh, love or pecan, pecan, however you say it, wherever you live. Love that that delicious nut. It's, uh, you can it's, put it in just about anything. I I I asked Siri. You put it about anything. I asked Siri, you know, to, what is a pecan, uh, <laughs> and she said, "Is a a pecan is a smooth brown nut with an edible kernel." Oh well, indeed. So, but <laughs> this day celebrates one nut natives to the United States. <laughs> I knew we'd have a day that celebrated the nut 
It was only bound to happen. Pecan is an Algonquin, oh. Al oh my Algonquin word. Um, uh, which BP said something if, about Algonquin earlier. I thought he was. Did I? Yeah. Who did? Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Oh, <laughs> uh, you know what? All that means is that it's a nut that requires a stone to crack. <laughs> so, well, if you don't have the stones to crack your nut, then I don't know what kind of person you are. So, but I will say this: I never knew that pecans were just chock full of all kinds of metal. Uh, metal. It, it, yeah, it says it's an excellent source <clears throat> of copper, iron, magnesium manganese phosphorus zinc and vitamin e my goodness well you eat a mess of pecans and run through one of those things at the airport and <laughs> set it off well, what do you have there <laughs> sir well i've got my pecans in my pocket um, <laughs> but uh, they're rich in fiber and you know they can help reduce your ldl cholesterol i did not uh, know and that. increase your hdl so you know oh wow you need to grab hey. a grab a handful. <laughs> <laughs> I do all the time. <laughs> National reach as high as you can be. It's <laughs> uh, National reach as high as you can be. It encourages us to evaluate our goals and do our best to reach them. Oh, if you wow. if you want to go to the Guinness World Records, uh, you can search for. Uh, search for highest reach and it gives you up to 322 results. So there, there's a fun activity. Wow. Yeah. I'm go to Guinness. You must have goals. <laughs> Not the beer. And the last one is look up at the sky day. Oh. Yeah, so I guess. Not while you're people, driving. Yeah, that's probably. Well, it means it, you're supposed to lay out on the lawn or on your patio or something <clears> like that and just look up. A bird will poop on you, Donald Wayne. And if it was, you know, don't sit under a tree branch or anything. Well, yeah, and don't lay out in the yard with your mouth open. You get what you get at that point. So, Well, some people go to sleep in the yard and, and start snoring, and then their mouth just uh. pops open. So, Oh, well, well, don't be surprised what's there when you wake up. Um, <laughs> that's the, that's the last it's, thing on the list. on what neighborhood you live in, I guess, uh, Okay, well, you want me to get the boys out then? They're over oh, here yes. cracking, cracking nuts. Um, just slow down over there for someone chokes. <laughs> when you smile, oh yeah, yeah, my heart's in a world. I love, I love, I love my little calendar girl. Every day, every day, every day, every day of the Well, thank you, boys. Yes, we appreciate Here's that, guys. Extra bag of pecans for your troubles. <laughs> yeah, help help boost their minerals, <laughs> their diet, and their cholesterol. Oh boy! All right, uh, we talked a little bit, touched a little bit on Hunter Biden the other night, but I got a, just a short commentary from Mike Huckabee about Hunter Biden's situation, and uh, so I'll just go through this quickly. And this is Mike Huckabee writing this one. Sometimes he'll just, you know, forward you to other people's articles, but this one is all his. He goes on to say, Hunter Biden not only got a lucrative 
book deal, but he's been enjoying fawning interviews from the likes of Jimmy Kimmel, who not long as he poo-poos all that meaningless nonsense about his laptop, drug addictions, prostitutes, and high-level corrupt business dealings with foreign oh, governments. That's a lot in one sentence there, isn't it? <laughs> did you did do all that on Jimmy Kimmel? I didn't watch it, just that one thing where they were laughing about the drugs. Um, towards the end of that clip, conservative comic Michael Loftus makes a great point that Hunter Biden is the poster child for the modern Democratic Party, rotten at the core, but everyone pretends he's not. Like the way Hunter can get kicked out of the military for doing crack and then get put on the board of Amtrak. <laughs> Loftus compared it to an, an intervention where instead of telling the subject that he has a problem and needs help, they tell him, it's okay, you're doing awesome. To be clear, as a Christian, I am a firm believer in forgiveness and redemption, but first comes other steps like humility, confession, and asking for forgiveness. You shouldn't expect forgiveness, redemption, and, and vast earthly rewards while you're still covering up your sins and lying about them. All right, and this guy, Kurt Schittler. <laughs> Whoa! Never trust a shitler. I'm I thought I could get through right there without there. laughing, but it's Kurt. <laughs> <laughs> I've ruined it. I can't do it. All right. Kurt. It's really his name. Kurt Schittler. As a new... <laughs> Oh, gosh. Uh, has a new column. I'm not going to say his name again. Oh, has a new column guy. about this at townhall.com. That's brutal, even by his standards. Oh, but his boy. rage is understandable. He takes a look back at recent glaring examples of how our justice system has been completely corrupt in two tiers. One where well-connected liberals and favored groups, Hillary Clinton, Hunter Biden, Antifa, BLM, can blatantly violate the laws and skate away to riches and acclaim. And another where the rest of us, Trump staffers and voters and people who merely show, show guns to protect themselves, like that couple in St. Louis, um, uh, protect themselves from Antifa, and um, they face relentless prosecution, even if it requires fabricating evidence to obtain bogus warrants. And when they do that, they face little to no consequences. Worse, President Biden is doubling down by calling for new heavily enforced background checks on law-abiding gun buyers while it's been reported that his own son lied about his arrest record on a gun background check with zero consequences. Oh, there's the guy's name again. Schittler believes the <laughs> media lionization of Hunter Biden is deliberate to send a message to us about what they think they can get away with and wish we would uh, just better get used to it. I'm not sure about that, but I agree when he predicts that it won't work out the way he thinks it will. The American people may be feeling demoralized right now, but as the 2022 elections near, I believe they'll shake off that and turn their righteous anger at all this hypocrisy into action at the polls. For four years, some pundits warned Trump derangement syndrome Democrats that if they didn't take a hard look at themselves to understand why so many people voted for Trump and correct it, 
And if all they did was attack Trump and people who voted for him, then they really weren't going to like what came after Trump. The first two things have already come to pass. Will the third? So, hmm. but I have this, uh, this article by Kurt Schittler that I'll probably do. <laughs> Uh, and I probably won't mention his name at all, but I'll probably do that as a mini pod because it's, it's a very entertaining read, but he certainly likes to call liberals and especially Hunter Biden and Joe Biden some names. Mm. Well, speaking of Joe Biden, um, the Washington Examiner, again, uh, comes out with an article by Hugo Gurdon. Um that uh, Joe Biden, once a fraud, always a fraud. Uh, well, <laughs> um, it shouldn't surprise anyone that Joe Biden isn't the president he promised to be. Uh, really, should it? Um, he's been a faker, exposed again and again throughout his seemingly interminable career. His chameleon lack of principle was glaring during the election in which he won the primary in the guise of a centrist to defeat his extremist rivals, then executed a violent handbrake turn and hurtled back leftward. There he allied himself with Vermont Senator Bernie Sanders, New York Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, and the Socialist Wing. It's actually less a wing now and more the main body of the Blue Party. So which is it, Joe? Centrist or lefty? At his inauguration, he told the United States he'd be a uniter. Did he not? But it's been bye-bye bipartisan Biden ever since. He is proving massively divisive. His gargantuan spending proposals, and that is a sidebar, what, he's got another $2 trillion package that he wants to put out there now? Is that yeah. correct? Did you hear that? Yeah. So, um, more than four trillion already, and rising beyond six trillion dollars, dwarf former President Franklin Delano Roosevelt's New Deal, um, largest even after adjusting for inflation. The cipher politician who wafted for or wafted for decades through Washington, untroubled by any idea or principle other than his own importance, now bask in his courtier's flattery, and he can be more consequential than his old boss, former President Barack Obama. It isn't just in the fact of his spending plans, but it's in their presentation that Biden is proving himself false. Much less than half of his $1.9 trillion COVID-19 relief bill was actually related to the pandemic. There's no truth in its advertising. Hundreds of billions of dollars will bail out arrogant uh, democratic city and state governments that can't budget themselves out of a paper bag. I mean, hell, these people were already, you know, these governments were already struggling before the pandemic hit. They were going to go bankrupt before the pandemic hit. Right? Yes. Yes, They, I mean, and, and we knew that last year when this started coming up, that was their golden ticket. 
And then, um, so then Biden's $2.3 trillion infrastructure bill is an even bigger fraud. As former New Jersey Governor Chris Christie pointed out to ABC's George Stephanopoulos, Snephalephagus, the legislation includes $400 billion to pay for forced unionization. That's not infrastructure. It's just another item on the left-wing shopping list. More than half of the money is as Ocasio, uh, Ocasio I'm just going to say O.C., Boast and a Wall Street Journal analysis confirms a, a disguised version of the Green New Deal. Capturing the absurd fakery, an online meme depicts the world's most interesting man saying, I don't always drink beer, but when I do, I call it infrastructure. <laughs> then there are Biden's non-monetary falsehoods, and one of his many Friday surprises He's dumped the big news of an executive order creating a commission to study the case for packing the Supreme Court. He's already packed the commission with advocates of liberal judicial activism. He's all about packing. These sages will ponder the question of whether Democrats should swamp the narrow 5-4 to four conservative majority is not 6-3 now that Chief Justice John Roberts has flipped, which some of them have already answered in the affirmative. Should it shock us that this move comes from a man who, before being elected president, said he didn't favor tampering with the court and didn't want it to become a political football <laughs> The answer is no, because Biden has always abandoned positions whenever convenient, floating to success on an unending stream of falsehoods and flip-flops. He's a flippity-flopper. Excuse me. In his early career, he repeatedly embellished his weak academic record, and during a checkered stint at law school, he tried to pass off an article that he lifted from a law journal as his own. Perhaps Biden's most comically clumsy falsehood came during his 1988 White House run when he borrowed a family antidote from Neil Kinnock, the leader of the United Kingdom's Labor Party, and used it almost verbatim as though it were plucked from his own family history. The irony, his effort to sound sincere, was itself a falsehood. The stronger comparison with Kinnick is that, similar to Biden, he sported a come-over, you know, which, hey, that seems to be in style, you know. Um, <laughs> he didn't have much be, choice. <laughs> being equal, I mean, even even uh, our President Trump uh, had to come over, so... Um, both a men weird were one cons- at that. Uh, yeah, exactly. They didn't move. It was like we were watching <laughs> Jimmy Johnson coaching the Cowboys. Um, both men were concealing the lack of substance underneath. They're not only polls, of course. The parade, such a cover-up, former President Donald Trump was spectacular. The larger point about Biden, however, is that in small matters and big ones, he's never real. If there's no... There, there, a a politician needs to make something up. It may be successful when a candidate tacks on uh, one uh, way during uh, the presidential primary and then back for the general election, but it's dishonest. The first guy to come up with this tactic was former President 
old uh, tricky dick, old Richard Nixon. As Carl Rove noted to me last year, the article says, former President Ronald Reagan took the opposite route, saying, I'm going to be who I am, win the nomination, and run in the general election as myself. To do that, a politician must know where what he or the, uh, he or she thinks and believes what he or she says. Biden is not that kind of leader. He's a shapeshifter. Malarkey is his meter and his modus operandi. With left-wing connivance, he has used it to pull off a fraud against voters and the nation. Um, very good article there, Hugo. Um, Hugo. But yeah, yeah, Hugo Gordon. But yeah, you just, you know, before, before, before people even voted for Joe, all they had to do was look back 40 some odd years. Like we talked about earlier, he's done this his whole career and you can go back for everything that he's, that he's working, that he says he's fighting for now. He was against you know, 20, 30 years ago. So, yeah, the um, ending the filibuster, uh, hacking the Supreme Court, all of those things. He's, we have him on video speaking against it. Um, It's, uh, you know, I, I just, I don't really think people looked at Joe Biden that, that well, of course, they didn't have any other choice, right? I mean, right. Um, so we get we get Joe, who's barely in there, and then we get Kamala Harris, who she couldn't garner enough support to even make a decent run for the president, and uh, so she got in the back door of the White House. This, oh, just... oh yes, she did. <laughs> um... <laughs> but and yeah. Look- I hope that we have. I hope that before it's all said and done, that we can have some good things to say about Joe Biden. You only hope that you have a president that you can respect here and there, at least. Um, you don't have to fully like what everything that they do, but this track record has just been a continual, just no, no, no on approval. You know. So, I mean, I'm hopeful that it gets better, but it's not proven to to be going that direction. Well, I think probably the best thing that we'll be able to say about Joe Biden will happen in 2024. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I mean, I mean, you're right, though. I mean, we we would like to see, no matter who's in there, accomplish something that would be good for the entire country and not just for one single party. Right. But, um, you know, there's not, if, if the first three months are any, any indication of what we've got to look forward to, I just, I don't see a lot coming from that. Not positive anyway. Okay. Well, Let's see what what we got here, time wise. Um, hey, Eric. Eric's in the house now, or he's Hello. in the house. Whoa, 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 but whoa, whoa, I mean, y'all were talking about how you know Joe Biden, um, you know, was on the record like years ago saying that he was against doing away with filibusters and and packing the courts. <clears> but but I think 
nowadays they're just going to look at it like um like like he didn't he didn't say that or he didn't mean it or um or or those were different times yeah and 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 we understand that people have a right to change their mind uh, or, their but, um, but, but, but people seem to forget is that like, like history in the case of, you know, Biden being on the record saying those things doesn't lie. <laughs> but, right. but you shouldn't change your position just so it benefits your party. That's the, that's the key. I mean, if you only feel that way when it'll, it'll uh, boost your party yeah, when it benefits you or anybody right. else. And and that's that's what it is at this particular point. Um, he's only saying it because you know the Democrats are is, yeah, they're, they're almost they're, they're like a vampire bat. <laughs> they're they're tasting blood and they're liking it. That's, mm-hmm. There's no no stopping to it. Um, all right, I got a, a quickie here, somewhat quickie about uh it's a narrative buster about racism and it's from an article posted on town hall by matt vespa um back on uh on the 10th was just a few days ago but he wrote that um let's see um lost my play he wrote that kevin drum despite being a liberal is not insane so he's quoting something that Kevin Drum wrote in an article and Kevin Drum is somebody who's a pretty, pretty strong liberal. Uh, in fact, he recently, he noticed something while analyzing FBI data on hate crimes in this country, since we're a nation whose media establishment is obsessed with racism. Anti-black crime is dropping and it's not a little dip either. It's a massive drop. Drum wrote, a number of people, including me, have posted that the Obama era produced a white backlash that eventually elected Donald Trump president. There's some evidence to support this, but it sure doesn't show up in the hate crime statistics. Hate crimes against black people plummeted by nearly half during Obama's term and have pretty much stayed there ever since. Again, this is according to FBI statistics. This is despite the fact that presumably the Obama administration put a greater focus on hate crimes than either George Bush or Donald Trump. Violent assaults on black people have gone down by nearly half since 2005, far more than violent assaults in general. In this case, however, the decline has been fairly steady over the entire period. The FBI is not the only authority on hate crimes, and the NCVS is not the only authority on victimization. Still, they generally, uh, they're still generally well-respected and use the same methodology from year to year. This probably represents reality pretty well. I've been accused, rightfully, of constantly telling you that things are better than you think. The reason is simple. Whenever I look into something, it very often turns out to be better than the media focus would have us believe. The number of racially motivated incidents deemed anti-black went from 126 per million in 2004 to 70 per million in 2019. uh, Matt Vespa continues, could it be better? Sure. We all could do better on the issue of race. 
We just can't have that discussion now because liberal America is projecting a narrative for which the data simply does not exist. Why? It's because white liberals are doing what they do best, being on the wrong side of an issue. Not even black Americans have the same feelings on the issues of racial resentment as white liberals who go off the charts on this question. The Manhattan Institute did a lengthy study on the social constructs of racism in America and found that ideology is one of the key factors in determining your view on the subject. They also found that black men were more likely to die in car accidents than being shot and killed by police. You probably already knew the ideology hook to this, but it's interesting to see how deep this issue goes. The Skeptic Research Center found that 44% of liberals thought that 1,000 unarmed black men were shot and killed by police last year. It was actually 27. And this misinformation feeds into and affects, infects the wider Democrat media establishment, which claims that America is an irreparably racist country that is becoming a shooting gallery thanks to white guys who can't stand non-whites. The data doesn't support that claim. So that's a liberal writing that article. Did I lose you, Dennis Lee? Man, geez. Mm. Facts. I mean, it's it's like they say something. Every time they, they say something negative in the news, they do one-liners just go back to the all the stuff about the Georgia election laws. They say one-liners, but they never have a discussion about it. They never say, well, why do you think that voter ID requirements is going to affect minorities disproportionately in Georgia? Or why do you think, you know, mm-hmm. most people in Georgia shouldn't already have IDs of some sort? But they never have those discussions. They throw these these sentences out there, or these words, these keywords, and then they move on. And sometimes they stick, and then sometimes people fight back. So it was interesting to read an article by a liberal who said, I can't really find the information to support some of the stuff that's being said by the media. And that's it's all I have mess. to say about that. It is a mess. Um. Well, let's see. I guess we got time to squeeze this in. Um. <clears throat> so we we'll go and, and and turn the wheel to something completely different. But, um, you know, Russia is warning the U.S. to stay away from Ukraine for its own good. Um, That's a this threat. Is actually, yeah, it's a threat. Um, by Putin. Um. <laughs> CBS, this is from CBS News, Alexa, uh, Alexandra Odinova is an article by this individual. Um, so Russia warned the United States on Tuesday against sending warships to the Black Sea, urging America forces to stay away from the annex uh, Crimean Peninsula for their own good as the situation along Ukraine's border caused increasing concern in the West, um, cause they've been building up, uh, they've been amassing troops on that border, uh, here lately. Um, um, you know, 
with uh, uh, building 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 them up uh, a great deal. The U.S. Secretary of State meeting with Ukraine and NATO officials in Brussels made it clear that the Biden administration, along with its allies in Europe, has Ukraine's back and considers Russia's ongoing military buildup in the region very provocative. Um, The Turkish foreign ministry said on Friday that Washington informed Ankara that the two U.S. warships would pass through Turkish waters this week to be deployed in the Black Sea. The deployment would come amid a significant escalation of the conflict in eastern Ukraine between Russian-backed separatists and Ukraine's forces, which have U.S. and European support. Hostilities first flared in 2014 when Russia unilaterally annexed Crimea, a peninsula that sticks out in the Black Sea and is home to a Russian Navy base away from Ukraine, drawing condemnation from the Western world and a series of sanctions. Russia Deputy Foreign Ministry Sergei uh, Rabkov was cited by Russian news agencies on Tuesday as calling the deployment of U.S. warships in the Black Sea a provocation designed to test Russia's nerves. There is absolutely nothing for American ships to be doing near our shores, Rabkov said, warning there was a very high risk of unspecified incidents if U.S. military hardware were to be positioned in the Black Sea. We warned the United States that it will be better for them to stay far away from Crimea and our Black Sea coast. Rabikov was quoted as saying, it will be for their own good. Pentagon spokesman John Kirby declined during a regular press briefing on Friday to confirmed the Turkish government's statements that U.S. warships were being sent to the Black Sea. He noted that the U.S. routinely operates in the Black Sea, but said he wouldn't speak to operations. The current escalation has added strain to an already tense U.S.-Russian relations. Secretary of State Antony Blinken warned Russia against aggressive actions in an interview aired over the weekend saying any aggression in Ukraine would have consequences. Rabkov responded on Tuesday accusing the Russian adversary of trying to undermine Russia's position on the international stage. And he reiterated Russia's readiness to defend the interests of its citizens and ethnic Russian speakers in eastern Ukraine. Um, So they had the Kremlin spokesman Dmitry Peskov said Russia was preparing itself in the event any new sanctions should be imposed on Moscow by the U.S. or its global partners. And who knows what that means. Meanwhile, Russia has continued to move forces in both Crimea and the region along its border with Ukraine. The Defense Ministry reported on Tuesday that 15 warships and vessels of the Caspian Flotilla had been sent to the Black Sea as part of previously announced military exercises. Ukraine said earlier this week that Russia had already massed more than 40,000 troops along its border and at least 40,000 more in Crimea. So you got a total of about 80,000 troops massing up around there. Russia says... The troop buildup is part of exercises. Really? Uh, 
and has stressed that its forces will go where they want, when they want, on Russian territory. Um, top U.S. officials are in Europe this week, including Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin and Blinken. Austin announced during a stop in Germany on Tuesday that U.S. was going to deploy an additional 500 troops to that country. Um, when they uh, when asked if the move was meant to uh, send uh, Russia a message, he said it was a sign to NATO of the U.S. commitment to the transatlantic alliance and of the firm commitment to Germany. Under President Donald Trump, Washington said it would withdraw thousands of the American forces who've been stationed in Germany for decades. That decision was suspended by the Biden administration, and now the force is set to grow. Blinken, meanwhile, was in Brussels meeting NATO partners, and he met separately with his, uh, his Ukrainian counterpart, to discuss the standoff with Russia. Um, The United States stands firmly behind the sovereignty and territorial integrity of Ukraine, and I'm here to reaffirm that with the foreign minister today, Blinken said, that's particularly important in a time where we're seeing, unfortunately, Russia take very provocative action when it comes to Ukraine. We're now seeing the largest concentration of Russian forces on Ukraine's border since 2014, and that is a big concern not only to Ukraine, but to the United States and, indeed, many of our allied partners. Um, and then sitting across from him was Ukraine's foreign minister, uh, Dmitry Kaleba, said the Russian <laughs> buildup was taking place not only along the border of Ukraine, but along the border of the democratic world. I wonder if he calls him by his last name. For Did you say Caligula? Of, <laughs> what are you, what's up there, Caliba? Um, for thousands of kilometers to the north and to the east of our border with Russia, there is no democracy. So this is the struggle that is taking place between democracies. Democracies? What? Uh, democracies and authority to... to authoritarianism and in this struggle the support of the United States is absolutely critical and deeply appreciated Kaliba thanked NATO as he should also it said that warnings were already conveyed to Moscow through diplomatic channels they're probably just not taking them seriously with a name like that will be supported by actions that make it very clear for Russia that the price of further aggression against Ukraine will be too heavy for it to bear, or my name is not Kaliba. He (laughs) said that the Ukrainian and U.S. delegations in Brussels and more broadly the NATO allies at large would continue discussing ways to ensure stability along his country's tense border with Russia. While no NATO deployments have been confirmed, Russia's defense ministry claimed the alliance was planning to position 40,000 more troops and 15,000 pieces of military equipment close to Russian territory. He didn't elaborate, but said that in response to the military activity of the alliance that threatens Russia or Russia, we have taken appropriate measures. NATO Secretary General Jen Stoltenberg 
said earlier on Tuesday that he was seriously concerned by Russia's deployment of additional forces to the Ukrainian border. Russia is now trying to reestablish some kind of sphere of influence where they try to decide what neighbors can do, Stotlenberg said. Um, um, I'd heard about the buildup in Crimea um, over the past couple of days, and they're really pushing the envelope over there. Well, you know what they need to do. They need to send Hunter Biden back over there, I'm sure. <clears throat> well, you know, you know he he's uh, he's such a a statesman, <laughs> such a charismatic individual. Uh, what is that? You got a bass drum over there, Donald Wayne? Uh, oh, <clears throat> you got a tapping the old bass, are you? Just, um, just slapping the bass. Who's slapping the bass? <laughs> I slapping the bass. Um, what was that from? I slapping the bass. Uh, that was the one where they were going to the Kiss con. Was it? Uh, they were. He was a Kiss fan. Who was that? Paul Rudd. Paul Rudd was in it. Oh, you slapping it again? Did you get a new bass, Donald Wayne? Uh, <laughs> no, not yet. I haven't gotten any new toys lately. I, I, uh, I mean, I didn't didn't know you had an old one, so I was. Just... <laughs> I need some new toys. <laughs> Um. Oh yeah, I got this. I will have to tell you this off air, but I, I've I've become oh. aware of this new contraption that I'm I'm really excited about. It's well. my special purpose. <laughs> um. <laughs> uh, Mama, we'll have to we'll have to talk about that on the download. Uh, oh, okay. All right. Some hot trice talk. Um. Well. Okay. <laughs> I guess we've stirred enough. That's, that's enough about the Russians. So that's enough about the Russians and yeah, old and, old Cal- uh, what, is, what did I say his name? What? what? Caligula? What? Caligula, yeah. Yeah, that guy. That guy. Tell him to keep his pants on for goodness sakes. <laughs> All right. Well, um, Eric, you still there? I'm still here. There he is. Um, you, well, you, the, you know, the show's coming up on Podbean Live. What's that you said? Did you, have you ever seen that movie, Eric? Uh, Caligula? I, I don't think I have. Oh, you don't okay. want to see that. Yeah, I, I'm not encouraging it. No, yeah. no. I, I mean, I didn't yeah. make it through very long. Um, yeah. not, um, I... I mean, I'm not really much of a movie watcher like I used to be because um, I tend to, you know, not be able to sit still long enough like to enjoy it. You know, well, like, not, I guess that's just my restless movie. nature. It's no, it's, it's uh, not, I didn't it's know not. the Romans were so kinky, actually. Uh, they're freaks. Uh, man, no no wonder the, the fall of the Roman Empire. Yeah. I can see what happened there. Oh, my goodness. Uh, weren't getting any laws passed there, I'll tell you. <laughs> well, uh, so. Don't 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 even consider it, Eric. Yeah, don't even worry about it. it I would, mean, I probably not going to bother anyways. But you I would need therapy. <laughs> so uh, you want to uh, talk about well, our the, the, Podbean? The show's friends? coming up on Podbean Live. Um, I think Robert has said something about doing us like an impromptu show at the 
at the top of the hour tonight. So be on lookout for him should he go live um, okay. with the Mr. Clean Music Show. Um, and um, 6 a.m. Eastern Time, um, y- you'll have like the you know F- Freedom Fighter podcast from our good friend Larry, the Freedom Warrior from the Netherlands, doing a show. Um, oh. 10 a.m. Eastern Time, be on lookout for the chit chat with the old man from the old man's podcast with Dina, Joe and Eric. Um, and I think during daytime tomorrow, you'll, you'll, you'll have your usual shows like, like the milk dog 2020 show and, and presumably impromptu episodes of Lauren Lou's communication station and, um, pink squirrels. Whose podcast is this anyway? Um, but also be on the lookout for Bob Ramu to do his, Penny for Your Thoughts podcast or Steve and Tanya to do, you know, Just Another Day in Paradise. Um, um, then weekdays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, you have Jeremy doing the Cummings as Culture podcast. Um, <clears throat> in prime time, be on the lookout for Chuck and Billy's Not Your Cup of Tea. And, and of course, on Mondays, be on the lookout for Uncommon Sense from the Green Room podcast with Corey, Jason, and um, Mike Tampa Bay weekdays at 930 weeknights at 930 p.m. each time excuse me is the slightly serious show um and then of course um and then I think also weekdays and weeknights around 8 p.m. eastern time you, you could you know be be look, looking out for Chris to do um the Forgotten Tunes um music show um and also be on the lookout for other shows like Lady Me's A Day in the Life of Me and um torch to do his take flight podcast and and with the weekend co- coming up um you've got um chris unplugged who does two peas in the podcast david who does mysteries of the paranormal the old man's friday night music show the turfy show lyrical laxatives the it's doomsday podcast and captain jimmy's um pirate radio podcast um and also be on lookout next monday at 6 a.m eastern time for the ralph william podcast and Hopefully he is one one step closer to getting back on a um, a regular weekday schedule, and also be on lookout for um, you know Boogie Nights to to do a new do and some new episodes of the Drunken Shenanigans comedy podcast, and also you know shout out to some podcast friends who have been MIA recently, like the Almost Everything podcast and the um, the Raw Report, and um, and, and a few others that have taken some time off and we, we hope they might come back soon. And also, you know, come linga longa here and the Holy shift. Let's not forget about them. And, um, you know, and, and, you know, plenty of published episodes and, and even some of them who do video simulcasts. And now I'm going to hand it on over to Dennis Lee. He's going to tell you where you can find previously published episodes of Trice talk and tall tales and rabbit hole, as well as the live cast schedule and how you can also get in touch with shows. Well, thank you, Eric. Greatly appreciate that. Um, yes, if you'd like to put your arms around us virtually, then do that on Twitter at TristalkWGMoon. If you'd like to give us suggestions on things you'd like to hear about on the show or, you know, um, send, uh, articles, complaints, um, you know, pictures, but, you know, be discreet on what you send. Um, 
do that at tristalk69pts at gmail.com. Make sure to follow us on our Facebook page at Tristalk. All the shows are published there as well, and uh, a good bit of the articles that we use are posted there along with some crazy pics that get in there from time to time. Um, and uh, then you can catch us on Spotify at Tristalk and even Amazon Music at Tristalk. And we're on every Sunday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday at 11 p.m. Eastern. And uh, with uh, many pods in between those times, and Donald Wayne has been tearing it up with the mini pods. And uh, some really good content on there. Thank you. Um, if I could just figure out which is live. <laughs> which is live and which is which memories. Is supposed to be, you know, not live. Have we, the people are watching you. Um, <laughs> you know, and if you'd like to get weird or explicit, there's no sickos allowed. Come on over to Tall Tales in the Rabbit Hole and we can accommodate you. Uh, we talk about, you know, conspiracies, UFOs hauntings it's all kinds of weird stuff and some uplifting stories here and there um and tall tales in the rabbit hole is on every sunday tuesday wednesday and thursday at 9 30 p.m eastern time or thereabouts um with impromptu shows here and there in between as well and um yeah uh we we love you we appreciate you we couldn't do it without you and thank you for being here. Yes, we do appreciate y'all spending time with us. Uh, Eric, you still there? I'm still here. Um, And of course, um, to the live cast listeners, um, big shout outs to BP 49 and Jess duck is always in crimson. The dude, Sean, Kristen three Corazon, AKA forsaken heart. um, The it's doomsday podcast, Chris from the forgotten tunes, Robert from the Mr. Clean show, as well as rock and owl. And, Tron Cat Meow, um, Jeremy from Cummings' Culture, Just Mister, Tanya, um, Sanjay, and Swink555, and, uh, and, and, a, and a few additional names um, that, that engaged in, in tonight's show. Um, you know, Donald Wayne and, and Dennis Lee are, are much appreciative of our live cast listeners and the listeners listening to this episode you know, that's published and available for download along with many other shows. Um, look forward to us doing it again soon, gentlemen. I, I did want to say a quick uh, note that I did get to listen to part of the Cummings uh, as culture podcast the other night with uh, Juanita Broderick. Uh-huh. And uh, I, I enjoyed it. I, I have not been able to go back and listen to the whole thing, but if anybody did not hear that, you might want to go and uh, and download that that interview. That was that was interesting. Yeah, and Boogie Nights just entered the studio, but we're about to start heading on out here. But ho- hopefully, you, Boogie knows he's welcome to come back and join us tomorrow for Wacky Wednesday. Yeah, we're gonna try maybe find us a night that works for like an open line kind of thing. Well, not too open. We we have restrictions, right. but. Yeah, keep your clothes yeah, on. Uh, yeah, you know, you know, no, <laughs> no weird freaky stuff. But no streaking. Uh, yeah, we we need to. We want to make some time for some people to call in. Yeah. But tomorrow night is uh, Wacky Wednesday, so you never know what's <laughs> going to happen on Wacky Wednesday. The only thing wacky you can be sure of is Dennis Lee will be dressed. 
Yes, um, we may talk about the planets tomorrow. Who knows what oh, we'll do. Gee. See, I almost thought on that segment tonight, on the national calendar day about looking up, I almost thought that was going to fit in there, but it was Well, so. BP didn't provoke me, so we didn't <laughs> so go there. He I hasn't think uh, somebody just did it. He hadn't mentioned oh, it at all. There he goes. Well, <laughs> everybody likes your anus, Donald Wayne. Uh, <laughs> well, <yeah>. thank you. <laughs> I don't know how to take that, but... <laughs> I wouldn't. Actually, <laughs> it's not Wednesday. All right, so, I should have I should have kept my mouth shut. Um, now the closing thought for tonight is: once you carry your own water, you will learn the value of every drop. Does that resonate like with that. anybody? Yeah, that's great. I like that. Sounds good. So. Again, thanks to everybody for spending time with us tonight and hope you'll come back tomorrow night for Wacky Wednesday and just see what happens. And um, I guess, Dennis Lee, if you want to turn out the lights, we'll let Tom Petty take us to the corner. Uh, This party's over, fellas. Thank you. Later, everybody. Stay safe, everybody. See you next time. Started out on a dirty road. Started out all alone, and the sun went down as across the hill, and the town lit up. The world gets still I learned to fly Bearing God's wings Coming down Is the hardest thing Where the good old days May not return Rocks might melt and the sea may burn.